0: has permitted us to live in this day to see these great signs and wonders happening by your hand, And there's no one here any more uh, conscious that it isn't your servant who knows these things than I am. It is you, Lord. And by your promise, you promised you would do these things, and thou always keeps your promise. And to this we are thankful and give thee praise. Bless us this afternoon in the Word tonight in the great evening service. We'll praise thee in Christ's name. Amen. you be seated. I was just trying to think a few moments ago, if you'll step that just as high as you can, uh, Anybody ever had a flu? <laughs> just a uh, my little boy, Joseph. I think I must have caught his bad cold. And uh got a very bad throat. I've got a preacher's throat. I haven't known the time in twenty five years that my throat wasn't constantly red. Because I preach, pray for the sick day and night, day and night, week and night, month, year now, see? And it just keeps me constantly coughing. And uh, so uh I get a little little It never gets sore. I don't believe I ever did have a sore throat. I did have a short story, it's just over and and then it gets cold in there, of course, and throws up the line, man it being raw, I give the Germans a chance to get in. I was... something here... Oh, yes, I was reading a letter. I wish I had brought that. I knew I should do something. Rosella, is she here in the section? Rosella Griffin? Yeah. Billy wants to be in and make that arrangement for you. I was reading your letter just a while ago, and, um, so they, uh, this lady came in here somewhere in this, this uh, auditorium right here at this church, and the Holy Spirit told her, said, Lady, you got cancer. And she had come in here from somewhere in the west, and she said, when I walked off the platform, I said, she said to her husband, now that just can't be, but I, I didn't think of it Brother Vanham said it, but I, I just thought, now wait a minute. I know and then said I told her, said who she was, where she come from, and everything, and said so the doctor couldn't find her trouble, but said you had cancer, and she doubted that. And now I've got the letters, I'll bring them tonight, and that'll be a good time tonight. And now she's in the hospital justice at point of death with cancer. It, it was there, the doctor couldn't find it, but the Holy Spirit knew it was there. Now, I don't say this, should be, but perhaps if she hadn't have doubted that, the story might have been different to that if she hadn't have doubted it, you must believe, not to me, you don't have to believe me, I'm just a man, but when he says anything, it's the truth, it's, it's the truth, and so one time in a meeting, it was in Canada, way up here in our I can never think of that city, across from Detroit, Windsor, Ontario, and there was a, a man slipped into the meeting, and he thought it was a telepathy. And he put on his prayer card on the back of it, I had so many diseases and things like that, there wasn't nothing wrong with me. And when he come up to the platform, he had to be in the part of the line, I was just going through praying for the sick. And he said, could you tell me what's wrong with me? And Brother Baxter started passing him on. I said, just a moment. He said, no, I don't know what's wrong with you. Brother Baxter said, we're not having that. He had been better off to listen to Brother Baxter, and went on through. <clears throat> but all he had to stop. And when he did, then the Holy Spirit said to him, there's nothing wrong with you. You have no disease at all. He said, oh, yes, I do. He said, look on my card down there at takeout. I said, I don't care what you got on your card. You, you haven't got nothing wrong with you. And he said. Oh yes, I said. Well, you? He said, I got it. But I got, I got stated on my card. I said, I don't know about your card. I never see that. You just get a card. You anything you want to put on it, you put on. <laughs> but I never see that. The ministers get them. And he said, uh, but he said, I said you might have had it, and maybe you had uh, a faith in the deal. Oh, he said, that's what it is. Is it? Turned around, just then I looked and there was a vision. I said, why is the devil putting your heart to do that? I said, You are, now, if this is a person of that in this building, I'm not speaking against your church. I said, You're a Church of Christ minister. They love to talk. I said, You're a Church of Christ preacher. Last night, you sat with a man with a gray suit and a red tie. And you sat at a table had a little green cloth hanging over There's a blonde headed woman sitting next to you, and you say it was telepathy, and you come to this meeting today and wrote that on there, thinking you could pass it through and make a telepathy out of it to uptrip God's Spirit. I said, You're the one exposed. And just then the man sitting up there and said, Mr. Branham, I'm the guy that's with him. He said, That's my wife sitting right here, that's with him. And I said, The things that you put on your card, you have both cancer and Jesus. He fell down on the platform, but last time I heard him, I never heard him more, just a letter from some of the people that is in a serious condition. But we're not playing church. That's right. no. The infallibility of the Holy Spirit, That's right. not the infallibility of the man, the man has no infallibility, but the Holy Spirit is absolutely infallible. That's right. Don't pretend nothing. You be what you are. When you say, I now accept Christ as my healer, you mean that. Don't you just slip around the corner and say, well, I'll try Brother Roberts when he comes in or somebody else. But you never do that. That's a dangerous thing. Very dangerous. And you, you be just what you are. And if you're not a Christian, don't say you are. Right. If you're a sinner, admit it. God knows it. And now your, your sinful condition, just because you belong to the church, that won't help you one bit. Right. You might have a confession your name on the book and live in a righteous life. And you're still a sinner. You've got to be born again, not by the mental mind, but by something that's happened in your heart. See, it's got to be friends. Don't never let the devil blindfold you to that. It doesn't come by intellectual conception. It comes by birth, and your life goes right with that. You must have it. I wish to read, and just take about 20 to 30 minutes of your time. I'm hoarse, but I want an evangelistic service the Lord has given us tonight to pray for the sick. Now. I've chosen for this afternoon, for a subject found over in Psalm 63, and the first three verses, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee, my soul thirst for Thee, my, my flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in thy sanctuary, because thy love kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee." We have the most unusual text this afternoon, the reading of God's holy word. When I read this, it just turned me around. And I thought to say within myself, what was the prophet speaking of when he said, "Thy love, kindness is better to me than life.' There's nothing no better than life. And then, thy love, kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee.' Well, I thought there must be different kinds of life." Now many people begin to think on the subject of life. And now, feeling free, and I have always tried to not hold things back, never in my life knowingly have I ever called out a character's name or some individual's name. I have rebuked sin, preached what I thought was right, but never disregarded any brother. He could be just as wrong, and I could be wrong too. But regardless of him being wrong, don't disfellowship him from my For my fellowship with Christ with Him, we are brothers. But I heard a minister last night who happens to be in our room. There was a television, and I'm not much on television, as you know. If it's the right thing, all right. But there's so little right on it, I just don't have one in my house. And so uh, it was a famous evangelist that was preaching last night that said, When a man is born, he receives the life. And that life, he will be forever, uh, a man of that caliber. But I just wondered, if you'd ever sit down to think this, the Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Yes, sir. Everything that has a beginning has an end. And if things that had no beginning, it has no end. And there's only one eternal life. That's in God. That's right. All other life has an end, right. but God has no end because He had no beginning. And we, being parts of God, have eternal life with God. But everything that has any other type of life had a beginning, it has an end. All of the eternal things last. Now the word forever comes in a conjunction, forever and forever. Forever is a space of time. But eternity is no begin or again. It's just a perfect circle. There's no end in it at all. It's eternity. Forever, like, you see, forever and conjunction forever, two spaces of time. But eternity and eternal life means the same thing. See, it's in the same category. That it had no begin, neither does it have an end. It's forever the same. Ever was and ever will be the same. Now, in Brother Joseph's church, where I feel just as free as I was at my tabernacle, and to give a little basis here before I bring my message to you from the Lord, I uh, want to just do a little Bible teaching for a moment. There is a spirit in the world that is real, pure, unadulterated love. Right. And that love comes from the great spirit, it's God. Right. There is a spirit in the world, just pure, unadulterated righteousness. That spirit comes from God. And all of the spirit of righteousness, of love, of purity, that is God. That is the eternal everlasting without beginning or ending. That's God. The Logos, or if we're out of God, as no disregard to the Catholic people now, but the Catholic Church, I, my background, my family is Catholic. And I have the, the Catholic people here, the book called Facts of Our Faith, and they use the word of eternal sonship of God. The words don't even make sense to me. The word e- eternal means eternity, which had no beginning there has no end, and son means had a beginning. So, how could it be, to be an eternal Godship, but never an eternal Sonship? A Son is one that's begotten of. So, it had a beginning. So, when the Logos, which was the Son of God, went out, created by these great mountains of purity, God, as those spirits went out, and it created uh, the Logos. And it was a body. It was in the form of what we are now, which is called in the closure layer signet of theosophy. It's a body that doesn't have a uh, spirit in it. It's a body that's waiting for you, Christians. As soon as the light leaves it, you go into that body. When this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting. A theosophy. Now, when God was in theosophy, which was Christ in the making, Then that theosness becomes flesh and dwells among us. Then that was to redeem. He came from there down through this to redeem this creature, give it life, and take it back up into the eternal one. See? Now there is only one eternal life, and that lays in God only, and God only has eternal life. And we have been privileged to become the sons of God. Then that word. He that hears my words that believeth on him that sent me, hath eternal life. The Greek word zoe there used for God's own life. The creature that accepts him becomes a part of God and just as eternal as God is. Right. Right. There's no reason for us to doubt that. It's God's everlasting eternal word. And everything that had a beginning has an end. So what word did sin begin? sin began at the Garden of Eden, and sin has an end. So if David cried, O Lord my God, my soul is thirsty for thee in a dry land where no water is, for thy love, kindness is better to me than even life, there must be two different types of life. And there is two types of life, and when a man is born in this world, he nothing but a product of sin when he's born because he comes sexual desire. He's just a product of sin. The Bible says he is. He's born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world, seeking lies. life. And yet he's got life. But that life is a perverted life. That life where Satan cannot create life, he can only pervert what God has created. Satan has no excuse. There's only one creator, that's God. Satan couldn't heal, medicine couldn't heal. There's nothing else can heal but God, because he's the only creator. And anybody that's intelligent would know enough to know that there is not a medicine or a drug or nothing in the world that can create life. God is the only solemn one and in creation alone. For so he said, I am the Lord, the heal of all of thy diseases. Now we see the different types of life. That's the reason this man's born as a product of Adam, which was a product of sin, from listening to his wife, and the wife was a product of sins come from Satan, and Adam followed his wife out, of perfect type of Christ, going with his, the bride to take her sins. As Adam took the sins of Eve and left the Garden of Eden, not deceived, but willingly walked out with her, so was Christ, not deceived. Satan could not deceive that if thou be the Son of God. He knew that he was. But he deliberately walked down and cut sin for the church. These are sin barriers. And now, everything that comes out of that cycle of eternal life, when that goes back into its cycle again, into that ceaseless eternity, not one shape form of Satan anyway will ever enter. Now, here's one back of the preacher reason in the holiness. Notice. That's got to be cleansed, that person's got to be cleansed, and there's only one thing can cleanse him, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing else can do it. So I wondered then, when he cried, Oh God, my God, thy love kindness is better to me than life. There must be two different kinds of life then. And I began to study it. How could it be two different kinds of life? Well, I begin to think that many people think when they're out here on the street running around and places that they're living the life. That is the thing. I've watched young mothers take their children and teach them tap dancing. Well, I want her to have her a little life. I've seen young ladies slip themselves down to just enough clothes that the law would let her put on and go out, and she says, "I'm really living the life." And the doesn't know that she's dead, why she's alive. Some time ago in another city, I was going into my room, and there was the Aquanas Club, or some certain club, was having a meeting in the city that was having a rally, a convention. And when I went in, went up on the elevator, there was two young ladies coming down just with her underneath garment on, with the whiskey bottle in their hands. I was whoopie, going in man, dragging him from one room to the other, I sat back in the shadows to watch, and when they got close to me, oh, so vulgar! and they were both women, no doubt married women, with their husbands at home maybe, thinking they were having a little clean fun. There is no such a thing. And then they was up there hooping it around, kind of relaxing, they were talking. One of them stopped and said, whoopie, this is life. I said, oh, no, that's not life, that's death. The Bible said, she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she is alive. The Bible said that, and this many times that the devil tries to tell you that that's life, but that's death, and notice also that that life becomes so miserable, So people take that life. Take a gun and blow their brains out. There will be many of them in Chicago perhaps this summer. There will be many of them jump from the towers and drown themselves. There will be people in Chicago the next few weeks turn their gas chambers on, kill themselves. There will be some deliberately drive in front of automobiles and kill themselves. There will be some take poisons and suicide on every hand. That kind of life becomes so treacherous. so we know that the Prophet wasn't talking about that kind of life. That's death. That's death in a form of life. That's what Hollywood has done for the United States. It's perverted. It's skipped our women. It's, it's done all kinds of evil things. It's made our men. It's produced danger. That's perverted the real stream of life into death. Even our nation is dying. I uh, was speaking a few moments ago with my wife, when we were sitting in a little place, and there were some women coming in there, each with a cigarette and some a little girl sitting there with her eyelashes pulled out and painted like the devil, way back and hooked over sideways. And she was standing up, poor a little thing not no older than about 18, smoking she all on her way down, making an obvious thing to scoot the smoke from her nose not realizing she was dead in and trespasses and sins. You that follow this temple, God will destroy it. What's the trouble We've got too many weak bones vids that's afraid to preach an eternal burning hell. And the warning the people of uh, the things and letting the church go just as sloppy and sloppy as it can be. And I said, Honey, where could we start from? Our nation is corrupted. Our politics is as rotten as it can be. Our factories and our economics is just as rotten as it can be. Even the car industry takes you six or eight months to get the bugs pulled out of your car. It's on line, symbol lines, throw it together, what difference does it make? Our womanhood is broke. Motherhood of America is crashed. This is rotten there than any nation there is in the world. What's the matter? It's because they have loved the things of the world for and, and they love God and they gotta perverted. That's right. Not only that, but our churches is crushed. Little old fifty five preachers that stands up and I ain't criticizing no certain line but they stand up and it's a meal ticket. It's an awful. It's a proper need to get on television or on the air. I wouldn't sell my first price of Jesus Christ for all the televisions and popularity there is in the world. Christ means more than these nasty, ungodly things. I'd rather have favor with Christ than to be the president of the world. What a condition the world's got in you. Here, not long ago, I notable of a church in our country, and many of them throughout the country, that they just care for, just carefree. And I'm not scolding people. But, brother, I've got to answer after day of judgment for the messages I give to the people. God's only thing you can do is know nothing to save this nation. It's gone. There old worldwide revival, in this time there is nothing to build on she's as rocked as it can be when it comes to a place that is vulgar and dirty a place as Paris, France, which has been the seat of Satan for the hundreds of years women vulgarity nastiness when they we used to go there 25 years ago and get their designs to put right on our women we've got the low come over here and get our designs to put on their women newspapers and magazines, fix it up, and the poor people are waiting, in it. there's only one thing the Holy Spirit's doing, that's in what he's telling the election of God to pull him out. So for me, as long as i got flesh in my body, I'll call out and condemn the thing. I can't stop it. God said it would be there. I can't stop it, but I'll give a voice against it, that when God plays over his tape recording at the Day of Judgment, They'll know that they was told the truth anyhow by the word of the living God, and God confirmed it was time to wander. Listen, friends. God created a man to thirst. God put thirst in a man. A man was made to thirst. And do you mean to tell me that you would try to quit that blessed holy thirst with the world and with the devil's program? You try to quench that thirst with drinking whiskey that God put in you to thirst after Him? There's something in man to thirst. God made that thirst for a man to thirst for Him. But you try to quench it with pleasure, and this American people has quench it with pleasure, man! You lay in these pool rooms, playing cards, social drinking, all this nonsense that you do and stay home on Wednesday night, watching the television instead of going to church? What are you doing? You're trying to quench that holy faith. You've got to quench it somewhere. And you reject Christ and the devil pours his pocket to you. And, and you think that you're right to a man. But the end thereof is the ways of death. Death is total annihilation, separation. You never try to quit that blessed curse with something that the devil has come to you. Now, not only do you say, I'm not a drunkard. I'm not a gambler, I'm not a pleasure seeker, but if the devil can't get you one way, he'll try another. And the devil has tried to quit his type of life, the thirst that God gave you for his life. He's let you join church. He's let you shout. He's let you speak with tongues, He's let you do all kinds of demonstrations, and still you're drinking from the devil's slop That's the right. When a man thirsts after God, his whole being is surrendered to God. People go around the day and charge churches and live like the devil. They think they, they quench that thirst, I go to church at Settleton. Many times I've told them, when they come on Easter, that's usually when everybody will show to hats. They'll come on Easter, you might as well bid them a Merry Christmas, because you won't see them again until next Easter. And yet they're members of the church. They're members of that denomination, but a member of these churches, born again of the Spirit of God. And the soul cannot live by but by, by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of uh-huh. That blessed holy thirst that God gives you the thirst after him, then you pervert it. Give it something else. That hunger, that thing that you want to do, test out and see what it's thirsting for. See what a pleasure. This Listen to what David said here, my soul thirsts after thee in a dry land. Where no water is. Oh, could you imagine being in the dry land? Where no water is. That's taking us like taking a fish out of the water. It'll kill him pretty soon. And then we'll born again saint of God, not just once in the morning when he get up, but all through the day, yeah. that blessed first out after God. Yeah. And you'll smoke a cigarette at the clock in your nerves for the praise. And I member the church you not take a nice sociable drink and call yourself a Christian that's quieting your nerves and that's still letting God quiet you. Love him. You'll and throw your arms around some other man. Have a little clean fun. Have a little date on the side. A little afternoon kiss at the gate. to satisfy that thirst that God put putting you to thirst after him. And you'll take another man's life and live in a hotel with a terrible night there. I don't say you do it. You may be here. If you are God, burn that in your soul. Right. Taking your are having a little clean fun. There's an all teen eye watching you. And the devil is trying to burn your passion. after other women as you walk up and down the street. half dressed. And you're long-looking. All those headwrecks. that little Dirty, vulgar, stinking women out there with them little old dirty clothes on. And you man that let your wife do that, that shows what you're a man of. That shows what kind of a man you are. A man is the head of the family. He's the head of the house. But today the woman's head of the house, head of the factory, head of the church and everything else. This cause has become a conglomeration of sin and Satan does Eve and he's still using her. America is a woman's nation. Not long ago in Germany, or Switzerland, some lady said to me, a Christian woman, she said, the Barnum, I'd like to go over to America. I hear that the ladies are really, well, they have the big way there. Not in Switzerland. <laughs> no, well, we are there. I said, but here's what follows. It causes prostitution. Right here in Chicago, according to your paper, you have 2,000 abortion cases every day. Two thousand aborted cases, Two thousand innocent babies die every day because of filth. Uh, I uh, think you'll have a revival under that kind of circumstances. How many prostitutes hit the street last night, and men with other women, and women with other bands? and little girls turned off and up and down the streets of poverty end up on skid row down here. I walked through the city last night in Chicago. Look what was going on. How can you expect the Holy Spirit to sweep a revival or something like that? It's got to have a place to anchor! And they go to the churches out here in the morning and hear the little pettified sermon about something, go back home and thank their Christians! And close the church up! Barely if the pastor preaches more than twenty minutes on the roses or who will be the next person or something like that, they're fine! It's what an evening! They have bound further pleasure seeking. The Bible says they be heavy, high minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Truth breakers, false accusers, and toppers, and the spies are those that are alright. God give us old time Christianity. Born again experiences. That thirst, that thirst is in you, but it's for a purpose. Woman was made a woman for a man. Man was not made for woman, woman was made for man, but a woman was made for a man. Not M A N, M A N. not man, many of them, but singular. Right! But when they serve a royal, when they standardize themselves, and man the same thing, you are preparing the very cause that God made you a woman or a man. And you call that life. It's death. Then you go to church and join church and put your name on the church and become a church member and live like the world. It's perverting the very thing that God intended you to be. That thirst that God put in you to be like Him and to love Him and thirst after Him. The pastors and the churches and yourself, you've yourself from that wonderful, blessed thing that God ordained for you to use. The first, thirsty. A Pentecostal church would only satisfy thirst in God instead of trying to borrow some example or some emotion or some little ism or a little sensation, how much better off it would be. If all the Holy Spirit and divine love instead of sensations and little gifts and things like that, how much better off you would be. God don't want you to run after gifts. He wants you to thirst after Him. Notice, David said again, as being a Thomas. And he was a woodsman. He lived in the woods. He knew what it meant to be in the woods. He always wrote of the still waters and green pastures and the shady places. He knew what it was because a shepherd Has to find those things. He has to know where those beautiful places are. Many times have I been into the desert, riding out there just a place where I had to leave my horse. Poor thing was so much out of water. We couldn't have neither drink the horse or eye. How we would thirst, oh, if I could only find a track somewhere to get back. And then when you get to that state, the devil begins to show you mirages. You know what a mirage is? You ever go down the road and look and see the sun shining on the road look like a lot of water? Oh, it looks pretty young. You're not one block, you where a bunch of geese coming from Canada, or ducks. And they see one of those on the road and it in the road and they all burst it open. They thought it was in water. Oh, the devil's got a many a pitfall for the people. It looks like it. I've seen people thirsty, running around these places and following them, with things in water. It looks like a big running water. They're throwing up on their head, taking this water and stepping in that hot, burning sand. Uh, and the devil told you, little lady, new sister, that you do all these things, and you brother, you do all these things, and have a little social ladder, narrow and stuff. Well, you don't want to listen to that old crack preacher. You don't want that Bible that was translated four or five times There's nothing to it. You didn't join church and be a good citizen. That's nothing else in the world but a mirage the devil showed you. You're just eating more sorrows all the time on you. Yeah. But there is a thousand filled with blood. There are so many sinners beneath the flood lose all their desire for the world. For well, if you love the world all the things of the world, the love of God's not even in you. It's right. a right. right. satisfying portion of God. He has for each of you. It's for whosoever will. David, he wrote one time in the Psalms. He said, I think the 47th Psalm. He said, As a heart first for the water, so my soul first after thee, O God. Oh, when I think of that, David being a woodman. And out into that part of the country, you find out a lot of times there's a lot of deers that run. The heart is a deer. As you watch nature, you'll see God. And they have wild dogs in their country, and they eat the deer. They come in packs, and they overtake the deer. And one of the things they do is cut the little, what we call hamstring in the back, the leaders, and just cut out a whole pack. Then they can't run. The dogs will eat as much as they can. Then the others can't pull away very much. And A little easier. Pray, then uh, to run right back and get him. That's the way the devil does. He'll cut you off from prayer meeting. He's done cut the hamstrings right then. Right. You'll pull out from this church without running your there, But anytime the devil wants to gobble you up, he's got you under his control. Yeah. Yeah. When he cuts your prayer life, brother, you're gone. Yeah. Right. When he cuts that first off of you and perverts it into the things of the world, he's got you where he wants you he let you gobble around here until you get to a certain place to crash your life out without God right there. Sure he will. Now, the dogs, the hounds of hell, hound as in the church, certainly it does. But look, now really, some of the wild dogs eat Jesse now. Did you ever know a dog won't eat human flesh? They won't even lick the blood of a human being. You can't get them near it. No, sir. But this was a certain kind of dog. It was a wild dog. Not a domestic dog, but a wild dog. Wild dogs are wolves, just like a wolf, and they will eat human beings. But if you notice, this wild dog that come in to eat Jesse dogs, it was a certain type of dog. That's the way it is today, that devil's got a bunch of old wild dogs out. They call them the wolf whistle and everything else to you, young folks. But remember, it's a hell of hell! you. That makes you think that you're a pauper, the body twists at you, because you're dressed the way you are. You poor little simple thing. You don't know what you're doing. That's right. You don't know that you're a prey of the devil. That's the devil! Listen to his voice. Or he might talk ever so well. He might even be a pastor of a church. But let me tell you, it takes a real sheepherder to tell the difference between a wine of a goat and a wine of a lamb. They both break just the same. You can watch it if you're herder, If you know your sheep, you can hear his call. But if you don't hear one of them, you could tell there's a goat or the lamb blatant. The devil can break just like a lamb. That's a Zechariah. But David, he said, as the heart thirsts for the so of it, so will my soul thirsts after thee, O oh God. And you see these little uh, deers out on the desert as they're jumping along, having a good time. And the first thing you know, a pack of wild dogs are running among them. And they'll grab them. Now, one of the favorite places for a, a wolf or a wild dog to grab a deer is just behind the fur of the ear. There's a big archery that runs up there and runs down along the neck. If the wolf can jump, hanging, standing, driving, the, near, near them, when the wolf throws his weight down, it's done two big blood stains in front cups the deer's neck. And the little fellow staggers a couple of times and he's done. And covered all over the wolves and he's beat up just a little. Another favorite place for the wild dog or wolf. That catches the deer is in the plank. He'll grab him in the flank, and when the wolf throws his weight, they'll drop in the mid-center-like of the little deer. It throws him off his feet, and then down he goes. And he's dying. And sometimes, when the dog grabs the little deer, and the little deer was quick enough to maneuvering he gets jump fast to one side, the dog lost his whole cause, it jerked a whole chunk out of the little deer's side. Then the blood just spring. If the wolf missed the blood thing here, cut just a little, little, the little deer, maybe if he's quick and can maneuver, he can get away from the dog. Then here he comes Ashley, trapped with this blood. And that little deer, any hunter here knows, that if you wound a deer and you can get the water, you just might as well quit tracking him. He can live as long well as he can find water. But when he can not find water, he's finished. And could you imagine if David's standing there, seeing that little deer, and cut cut by the wounds of a wild dog, and he's thirsting for the water brook. He must find the water or perish. If he doesn't get to that water brook, he's going to die. The hounds are right behind him. He's either got to find the water brook or perish. David said, as the heart thirsts for the water brook, so my soul thirsts after the O God. I have to have you or I'll die. I'll take the water at the end of my road. If I can't find you, Lord, I'll die. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for the water book where they shall find it. Yes, there is a fountain filled with blood for every sinner. Good for me, Emmanuel's veins, You who thirst and long to be righteous, there is a fountain open today for you. The hounds of hell might have wounded you, they might have cut you this way or cut you that way, they might have. And drunk of blood and sent you to these places and pleasure crazy. If you really want to get over it, there's a world with open today. That's the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, His Spirit flowing free as the Holy Spirit. Whosoever will, let Him come and drink from the fountains of the water of life, leaving. Really. Whosoever will, give it, black, white, Brown, yellow, whatever you may be, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Church of God, Church of Christ, Catholic, Pentecostal, whoever you are. Young, old, middle-aged, there is a fountain open, and the waters of life is flowing freely, and the Holy Spirit said, Come, all ye that labor and are heady laden, I'll give you rest. Blessed are ye you when you're hungry and thirst, for I will send you, you shall be filled. And the heart thirst for the Lord, right my soul thirst after the old God. In conclusion, I say this: the trouble with the Pentecostal church, the Methodists, the Baptists, the Presbyterians, all the rest, it is their congregation. If that congregation really thirsting for God, it would send that little old preacher out of there and give him somebody in there with preaching the gospel. Right? You can't go to town today, you merchants and you businessmen. You're in this convention are you a shoe man? What if you put the old-fashioned button shoe that the woman used to wear? You got a shoe hook with it when you bought it. What if you try to sell that shoe in Chicago? Do you think you have any business? Nothing. And it's got five times the letter that these little old such as they for women with a little peg like that, their toes sticking down, their heels sticking up. Charge them 25 and $35 for about $0.40 cents worth of letter. And you're sitting enough to buy it. Well, why is it? Why don't the merchant, if he tells them the truth, they don't want it? The dark The skirts that your mother used to wear, that covered her all over, and she probably paid $3 a dollar and a half for it, and you go down to town and pay $35 for a little vulgar thing that the devil poured you in to get out here and make the answer to adultery day of judgment. But God, preacher, you say, i never going committed adultery, I don't know about that. The Bible says, "Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her, has committed adultery with her already in his heart." And it don't matter how moral you live, how clean you live, how honorable you live to your husband, if you dress yourself to make a man look at you like that, as a judgment for the sinner that answers for adultery, you will be the one who committed it. Right? I'll take that with you, my dear friends. Think it over for a little while. Whosoever said Jesus Christ. Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And before he could commit adultery, the woman had to present herself in that way as she poured herself sexy-looking out on the street, no oh, matter how clean she is, Marley, she's adulterer. And God's book. God, there's your Hollywood, there's your devil. You might hate me for this, but, brother, if the day of judgment, you will see i told you the truth. That's exactly right. Now clean up, straighten up. Teach each other to do the same. Your soul goes thirsty. Oh, God, I don't care about your finances and your popularity. Oh, Christ, die. When the Pentecostal Church gets to that, God will move on the scene, and He'll never move on the scene until the people begin to thirst for Him instead of the things of the world. Let us pray while we think over it. Are you guilty? While you're praying, everybody, a little prayer in your heart. Am I guilty of that? Examine your soul in God's book today. What kind of a life have I been catered to? Oh, Lord. Oh, my God, thou art my God. Early in my youth will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh. Oh, my. don't want to be stripped off. They don't want to do this. They don't want to be filled with alcohol and stuff. My flesh longs for Thee in a dry land where there's no water. Just see Thy power. Why? I want to see Thy power, Lord. Thy glory. Thy power to heal the sick, to magnify. Thy glory to shed over the people like a great fountain of old time religious meetings. To see thee as I have seen thee in thy sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better to me than life, little L. My lips shall praise thee. Are you thirsty? Do you really want to be a real Christian? If you really want to be an old time Christian, there's something in there that makes you lonely. Do you want to go to heaven? Remember, the animal doesn't want to go to heaven. The animal hasn't got no soul. The animal don't know what life you're after is. But you know what life you're after is. You long for life you're after. The animal can't. It has no soul. But you were made for the soul, and that soul was giving you to make a decision. That heart that's in you. It makes a decision. And the animal can't make that decision because it has not that information. But there's something in you that longs for God, and you're trying to quench it, maybe by staying home, getting in an air-conditioned room, and looking at the television, and staying home from prayer meeting, and never reading the Bible, and going down to church on Sunday morning, and then maybe going back, paying the pastor, and waiting for an evangelist to come to the city, and you might sit back and say, well, that preacher's a pretty good fellow. I'm telling you, I kind of like him. I kind of like the way he smiles. I-, I-, I like the little jokes he pulls. Brother, that's not life, that's death. That's death, but do you really long for a room that you can go into? Set down under the old shade tree of the Bible, look up with tear-stained eyes, and say, Blessed Savior, thou wilt guide me till I reach that helpful shore. Is there something in your heart that you long to love him and to praise him and to worship him? All the things of the world become dead, and you just crash or die. I must have crash or I must perish. I want every head bowed and every eye closed and everyone's raised. Be honest. Be sincere. If you really mean it. And you raise your hand to God and say, Lord God, from this day on, please, I know I, I, I these things that I do is not right. But I want to love you. I want what that preacher said today about you in the Bible. My thirst is as to be like the heart thirsting for the water. Of me. And the first was that I had to. Someday I expect to be a great person. Oh, I do too, but after I have to cross the border, yonder. I expect to be God's child. Do you really want to be that? If you do what you just raised up your hand to, then God is me. I now raise my hand and say, My soul is thirsting for thee, God. God bless you, lady. God bless you, young lady. God bless you and you. Someone else, God bless you. God bless you and you, lady. God bless you, sir. You, lady, you might be church members. I don't have nothing to do with it. You can be a church member just as black as a heart out here you on know, the street. I know you say that's hard preaching, Brother Sam. If you come here at nighttime or come any other time and watch around the life and see the things that the Lord Jesus does exactly in the Word, surely I shall have some conception of what Christ means. I know this one thing, Brother. The devil has perverted life. He has perverted the church action, he's perverted so much too. he's perverted the people, and it's the hardest thing in the world to get the people to see the actual truth. It's right. Oh, they miss it by a thousand miles. You really long for him. Either you, would you raise your hand again? God bless you. Now, you keep praying. You that long for him, I'm wondering if you could walk down here just a minute and let me pray with you just a minute. Would you just get up out of your seat quietly? I'm going to call you. We'll let the Holy Spirit call. You just get out of your seat. God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady. Just get out of your seat and come down here. Let me pray with you. Stand right along this side of the hall, for here, if you will. While the organ is playing, I'm not going to say no more. I'm just going to wait a moment. Let the Holy Spirit call. Come right down here and stand. There's a fountain open. You do want to be an old time Christian, do you? Is your soul really thirsty after God? But you, would rather? Dress decent, just a little hot, as you call it, anybody knows when you take your clothes off, you get hotter? Certainly, go to the desert somewhere where you really have to eat. Certainly. You say, well, I'm right like outside. Yes, your people just coming up and coming down the aisle for this little group this afternoon. Many you are gathering around the altar here. Come on up. If you're really thirsty, have you been bit by the devil? You really want to serve God. You want that thirst in you? Uh, you want it satisfied, and you do come on to the Or have you got to a place where you've been so seared and so hard and callous, so nothing can touch you no more, Then you cross between this, between life and death? I remember, if I be a servant of God, God will speak that I tell the truth. There's people that actually believe that they are right and they're wrong. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. If you haven't been born again of the Spirit of God and your whole desire is to love every day, every hour, every minute of the day when you're awake and you're on the bed, you're praising Him, and your love is pouring into the things of the world, all this modern stuff is all dead to you, you better take your place at the altar. Are we wait just a moment longer. Uh, Take the fountain, please, real slowly, while everybody crossing. Love Come here and confess it. It's better to do it here than it is to do that when you're be waiting God's so, bounds. There he is. See? God's like you say, what? Oh, there he is. Just be praying. The Holy Spirit speaking. That little heart in here, he's moving. Brother Preacher, I've longed for something I don't know what right it was. There is only one thing that long and is putting you for that's right here. Here is where you long to be. The devil's trying to get you not to see it, but I'm praying to you, my heart as I'm saying, Your God opened the eyes with their understanding. I love you. As Brother Joseph Bose said to me many times, Brother Dan, Chicago loves you and I love Chicago. But listen, a real daddy will be honest with his children. If he has to whip them sometimes he's a real daddy. Yes, they're a real dad with cracked each other. Friends, I want to tell you, don't you never try to get to heaven outside of that deep longing and love of God in your heart. If you haven't come to the point of that great fountain that I spoke of at the beginning, where God gushes forth. Now he perverts that, you see. As it comes forth, Satan perverts, and say, all well, this and this and this. Be careful, it's got to be genuine. Did you ever hear that little song like this? Just to just continue on your song, Starline. Brother, apart from the Savior today, risking your soul on the things that decay. Or what if today God should call you away? Then what would you give in exchange for your soul? Listen now, close. Everyone, is out around the altar. Search now. Then when you stand at the bar by and by, and when you're weighed in God's balance on high, if you should be sentenced forever to die, then what would you give in exchange for your soul? Think of it, that rain may be in the next half hour for every person in you. How do you know this is not your last opportunity? And don't come unless hear you mean it. But if there is the least bit of thirst in your heart, you've got to add your die. You see what's gathering around the altar here this afternoon? Probably Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Pentecostal, some do church at all. But there's a thirst there. They're longing. i to wait just a moment longer, We've got just a few minutes longer, just in one hour, I promise to be an hour, Just a little minute longer. I want to say something to you now. You want to come on, come out of here. You've been in these meetings. Now, get all the skeptic feeling away from you. I want you here at the altar and not to depend on any emotion at all. No emotion. I want you to look at just exactly what God said. Now, listen, I know. The Lutheran said, The just shall live by faith. All right? There a many of them started out, but they wasn't just. Methodists said, Brother, when you shout, you got it. Many of them shouted and didn't have it. The Pentecost said, When you speak with tongues, you have got it. Thousands speak with tongues and haven't got it. Their life proves they haven't got it. Jesus said, By their fruits you shall know, them." What is the fruits of what? The church? The real sweet feeling in your heart, knowing that you've passed from God to the life, that you're at peace with God, real tender heart that feeds on the things of God, and to have all these. Now remember, I believe in shouting, I believe in speaking with tongues, I believe in everything God said, I believe in every miracle, every sign, but I would rather have this than all the rest of it put together. would you rather have it? I'd rather have that real, sweet, mellow, holy spirit moving into my life and making all the world pass away and I have all the noise and I believe in shouting. Sure. I shout and scream myself. <laughs> that's right. I believe in every gift. that wouldn't be here preaching healing. I believe in all those things. But brother, that isn't it yet. That's not it. These gifts and signs, that's not it. It's Christ in the heart. That's it. Then you'll stay. That's life. God bless you now. Cords will be to that. 6 o'clock. And now, the Lord bless you. I'm going to turn the service to the pastor while I go to pray to make ready for the healing service tonight. God be with you until we meet.